my brothers and sisters at CBC, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, the passage that is read and throughout the book of Acts, <clears throat> we find that the first century church was made up of ordinary human beings with usual human issues, problems, and challenges. Again and again, we see that on one hand, there is conflict, there is prejudice, there is racism of one kind and another. The examples of that in Acts 6, we find where the Hebraic Jews and the Hellenistic Jews had some difficulties because their widows were not treated equally or properly. Those of you who have traveled many times to Israel, you know that this issue of Hebraic Jews and Hellenistic Jews was not a problem only then in the first century. It exists even today. And again and again, you find the examples of that. Not only that, but in Acts 5, we find an issue of deceit where Ananias and Sapphira, in order to give contribution or money toward the common treasury, they decided to keep some money for selling their property and told the leaders that this is all what it was. And you know the end result what happened to them right then. Then, among other passages, but today's passage of Acts 15. On this hand, on one hand, we see all of that. Then on the other hand, we see that for the sake of their faith, believers are persecuted. Acts 7. And throughout the book of Acts, we see examples of that. Courage and steadfastness of the believers, in spite of the persecution, the believers in Acts kept on sharing the message and the church kept on growing. Individuals with holy vision such as Peter in chapter 10, when he questioned what he saw, he was told, do not call anything impure that God has created. With conflicts, deceit, racism, all of that existed. But here in today's passage, one can look at that and can give many different titles to that. 
that see that on the screen, I have at least thought of there are 10 different titles I could give to this message. This was a time in the Church of Jerusalem of great debates, law and grace. As some people call it, this was the Jerusalem Council. Then you had the evangelists of heresy and the evangelists of the gospel. On and on. So these are some of the titles I could give. But I have chosen that the title for today's message will be A Scriptural Example of Conflict Resolution. I have not called it the Christian example. It is just one of the examples. Yes, we can remove that. In this section, we have a happening, we have a drama, we have an act, a scene that took place round about 49 AD. Most of the writers talk about somewhere between 48 to 50 AD. What I would like for us to do is please each one of us, let's use our imagination and take part in observing what is happening in this scene. It is a question or a topic for debate among the believers at that time was, is it law or grace? Is it grace and law and traditions? What is it? We have at least three scenes that we need to participate in. First one we see that certain men from Judea came to Antioch. The church of Antioch was a very, very diverse church. Church full of many people from different ethnicities, different backgrounds. So these men came from Judea to preach, to evangelize, to give the, what they thought were good news. They were telling them that Salvation is not only through grace, but you have to go to the law of Moses and be circumcised. If you don't do what the law says, then you are not saved. Well, that created quite a stir here you had people like Paul and Barnabas and others in that church. This was Paul and Barnabas' home church, so to speak. So there was this argument between what is called the Judaizers, Jews who had become 
Christians, but they felt that the law of Moses, the circumcision, was <clears throat> as important at, as the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So there was quite an argument between uh, these Judaizers that came from Judea and Paul and Silas and others on the other side. The church decided that this was a very important issue for us to settle. Therefore, they said that we will send a delegation, a group of us, to the church of Jerusalem. That's where we have the apostles, disciples, elders, and other Christian leaders. Not that Paul and Barnabas could not settle that. But I see humility on their part. Okay, if the church has decided this, we will go to the church of Jerusalem and present this issue before them and let them decide what happens. Then Paul and Barnabas, along with others, start their journey to the church of Jerusalem. And I would like for all of us to just put your robes on, considering that time. Put your shawls on your shoulder. Let's travel observing Paul and Barnabas and others. Here we see they stop at Phoenicia. They stop at Samaria. And they tell them how the Spirit of God has come on the Gentiles. How God has blessed them. And people, as they heard that, they rejoiced. Just because they were different looking. They spoke a different language. Their custom, their background was different than the Hebraic Jews. God poured his spirit on them and accepted them as his children. So let's move on, keep on moving with Paul, Silas, and the party. Okay, here we come to the church of Jerusalem. Let them go in first. They are the main delegation. We are just the observers. Look in this room. There is Peter. There is James. There is Paul. There is Barnabas. And there are those Judaizers that were claiming that Gentiles had to be circumcised. 
let's look in this room. And of course, James is there. He's acting as the moderator, the chairman of the whole group. They are seated. Just imagine, this is the first century church. Forget about the chairs, forget about the pews. Watch them all sitting on the floor. Some, some of them have something like a carpet. Some of them sit plainly on the ground. Now, let's go in quietly. You and I just stand by the walls. Better yet, let's sit down right next to the wall. So we don't draw attention to ourselves. We are the observers. And here we see this great debate beginning and the conflict shared. I'm going to take a detour and ask you to think in your present day situation, I'm talking now the 21st century, any conflict that you have had with anybody, any conflict that you know of that could split the church, break the family, break relationships. If you are the one who would say, no, I've never had any conflict, I don't know any conflict like that, well, God help you. But most normal human beings have had conflicts or, or they know of conflicts. So I would like for you to take <clears throat> that kind of a conflict, no matter how simple or serious it was or is, keep it in the back of your mind. Let me share with you a contemporary, somewhat contemporary uh, issue, a problem. Some of you have heard of Lausanne Covenant. It was a statement prepared by the delegates, by the leaders at the Lausanne Congress of World Evangelization that Congress took place in Lausanne, Switzerland, 1974. Then the second one took place in Manila, the Philippines, in 1987. And the third one took place in 2010 in Johannesburg, South Africa. I'm thankful to God that I had the opportunity to represent this country in all three of these Congresses and participate in some of the discussion. But let's go back to the 74 Congress. Here you have, this Congress is called by Billy Graham. Here we have round about four and a half thousand delegates from all over the world, along with Billy Graham, the other well-known top leader of the Christian world, John Stott, 
two of them are the leaders. The question was they were going to deal with some of the issues that the church needs to deal with and is dealing with, especially on evangelism and the other side of the gospel. It so happened that a well-known minister from this country went there to protest against this gathering, against Billy Graham, against John Stott, and others who are attending that. Three of us, Samuel Escobar from Latin America, Rene Padilla, myself, and some others, we met with Billy Graham and uh, John Stott and said that should we go and talk to this minister who is marching outside and all that and ask them to come in and be part of the Congress. And we very graciously was told, no, don't do it. We don't want to draw attention to that. Let them do it if that's what they want to do. So anyway, this was the time when Lausanne Covenant was written. There was a difference of opinion among some leaders. And the issue was evangelism and social responsibility. There were some who were saying only evangelism. And if they talked about social responsibility for the Christian, that is not the gospel message. So that created some tension. And I will tell you how that was resolved as you think about the conflicts that you have in your mind. But let's go back first to the first century church, the church of Jerusalem, and see what's happening there. The leaders of the church could have said, okay, this is what we believe the teaching of Jesus Christ is. That's the end. No, they gave all parties an opportunity in this debate to present the pro or con statements. First we have the Judaizers. They get up and again they stress the idea of circumcision. The law of Moses, it has to be done in order to be saved. Then you have almost the speech by Peter, beautifully read from chapter 15. Judaizers have given what I would call the pro statement, supporting their debate, argument. Peter gives the con. He speaks against 
the statement that has been presented. And he tells how God led him to go to a Gentile through a vision and share the message of Christ. And there you have this person comes to Christ. So Peter tells that we have done some things. We are putting a certain kind of a yoke on the necks of the Gentiles. We are adding to the gospel. We are adding to what Christ has done. We are adding something to grace. No, salvation is only through the grace of God. Then you have Paul and Barnabas. They share how God has blessed Gentiles by pouring his spirit on them, accepting them just as he would accept anybody else. So here is this debate. You and I are watching this. This is going on in chapter 15. Then James, the moderator, the chairman, so nicely read by our own elder, Peter. He got up and gave his decision. This is the decision. Grace only. <clears throat> but he did not stop there. He followed that decision in some very practical ways. Decision, grace alone. Then he said, because this issue was brought to us from the church of Antioch, we should write a letter to the church of Antioch, giving our decision. And not only that, but we will send two of our elders or leaders in our church, Barsabas and Silas, to verbally support what we are writing in the letter. Here you have the decision. Then, as it was the custom by hugging each other, kissing each other, they send the delegation back to the Church of Antioch, along with two of their own leaders. They go back to Antioch. The church is anxious to hear what's the decision. The letter is read, and they rejoice in that. The two elders that were sent from the church of Jerusalem, they support that. 
verbally. Thus, the question, the conflict of Acts 15 is resolved. Grace alone, nothing added to it, nothing subtracted from it. I think there are some very beautiful principles that this group from Jerusalem when they started, they did. They did not hide or minimize the issue. They handled it frontally. They gave all sides an opportunity to express their views, their opinions. They followed their decision with something concrete, a letter, sending some of their own leaders with their delegate. In it, first of all, I see such humility on the part of Paul and Barnabas. They did exactly what the church told them. We need to listen to our church. Just because you are the leader does not mean you are the only one who gets the inspiration from God. They listened to the church and they followed their instruction. Go to Jerusalem. Meet with the leaders there and let's have this matter settled. Okay, the decision is made. Let me for a minute go back to where I took the detour about Lausanne Covenant in Switzerland. In Switzerland. When this question of evangelism and social responsibility for Christians came up, some people from certain parts of the world were very excited that we can talk about it and this is the full gospel. From certain other parts, people were a little hesitant. They wanted almost like, they didn't say it, but it was almost like nothing but evangelism. Great men. Now, this, what I'm going to share is not private or it was not something that I'm talking about out of turn or out of place. This is published so you can read about it. Where John Stott and Billy Graham and later on Billy Graham's representative, they locked themselves in a room. Only thing they took along was Bibles. They talked about it, they discussed it, and so forth. And when they came out, some of us helped in phrasing that covenant. And that is well published all over the world. Many Christian organizations 
are using that as the basis of their faith or at least the practice of that. So there you have section, I don't need to show that here, but there are almost 13, 14 different sections to that. Number four is evangelism, as strongly directly written as it should be. You and I, we at CBC will fully agree with that. Then section five, you have social responsibility, very clearly stated, now accepted by most well-meaning evangelicals. I have to be very careful how I use that word because that has been so uh, compromised, that word. But anyway, this is how that issue was settled. Then we saw how the issue was settled in Acts 15. Here are some practical suggestions. You could put that on the screen and I'll quickly do that and suggest that when we come up with any conflicts, whether these be personal between two people, whether they be between groups of people, there are different examples in the word of God. So one, the way one conflict was resolved does not mean that that applies to everything. I think we need to study the scriptures, read it. First of all, I think again and again, see, we see the example of humility. We need to approach any conflict with humility. We need to listen to the other, other person carefully. We need to be honest. There has to be honesty. We have to actively listen to the spirit of God, first of all, then to each other. We need to have spiritual discernment that comes with study of scriptures, with prayer. Many times in our debates, in our conversations, anywhere, whether this be in a meeting, in a committee meeting, or whether it be in a, a faculty lounge feature or somewhere else. Most of, the, most of us are not very good listeners. When the other person is presenting the argument, we are thinking about, okay, what am I going to say? Rather than at that time, I be good listener, active listener, be fully engaged in that. Let's go to number five. Then you have the most important thing, you pray. Ask God to show you where you could be wrong. Because settling issues like that is not winning an argument or winning at any cost. But through prayer, finding out what I need to do. 
Sometimes the word compromise is taken negatively by some people, but in certain other culture at least, the college that I attended, most of my professors, Peter, came from Oxford or other places in England. Among them, the word compromise had a very different idea. It was a good thing where you can have win-win situation rather than just, you know, diluting your own faith. Then you have to do the follow-up as the church in Jerusalem did that. At the end, we have to make sure that the word of God and the work of God continues and it makes progress. May God help me to practice this in my life. May God help us in CBC to practice these things. May God help us as believers, no matter where we are, whether it be in our professions or other places where we participate. When you take part in other organizations, may you and I be agents of God's who bring people together and we resolve conflicts, whether they be personal or communal. Let's pray. Dear God, we are weak just by being human. Help us in our humanity. Help us to be the kind of people you want us to be. We need your help. Hold our hands. Guide us, lead us, and give us obedient hearts. This we pray in the blessed name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you.